Hey, all you cool dunkles and doppelbox. Welcome to Boys Are From Martson, a women and beer podcast. Before we get to tonight's interview with Kelsey and Katie Mattingly from The Brewer's Daughter, I want to talk a little bit about the big news, I guess, in craft beer this week, which was the, the suit between Stone Brewing and Saul Stone Brewing in Moorhead, Kentucky. Um, so I'm sure if you follow me on any type of social media, you saw that I reported the story on Kentucky Sports Radio on Sunday, kind of detailing what happened. Um, Patrick Fannin from Dreaming Creek actually uh, was the first one to report it on Twitter, and I just kind of took his tweets and then also reached out to the people at Sawstone for a comment and to get more information. And um, I've been kind of blown away with how much traction it's gotten this week. Um, and because of that, I decided to go down to Moorhead on Wednesday and um, visit the brewery, which would be my, was my first time there. And um, it was really awesome to meet the three owners, Derek, Blake, and Nick. And just to talk to them and hear how things have been going since the... So I guess I should start with saying that it was reported that it was a cease and desist. A cease and desist. But that's actually not correct. It was a petition for cancellation um, through the Patent and Trademark Office from Stone Brewing um, for the cancellation of the Federal Trademark Sawstone Brewing Company. Um, a petition for cancellation is not an official cease and desist, but it does require action in order to protect a trademark. Um, so the way the guys at Sawstone explained it to me was that the cancellation request is kind of a step below a cease and desist, that they can go a step further and also um, file a cease and desist letter to Sawstone, but that's not what it is. So that's something I wanted to clear up. Um, but also just wanted to say how amazing everyone been sharing the story and, you know, Asking Sawstone how they can buy gear, buy beer, whatever they can do to um, help. They have a GoFundMe out there. It's already reached its goal of $10,000, which is amazing. Um, and I can link all this stuff on my Twitter and in the comments or in the in my profile and on the Boys Are From Arts and Instagram page. But just go, if you're not familiar, go read the story. Um, I won't really comment on my feelings toward it because I think they're pretty clear. If you've read the KSR story or follow my Twitter, um, but I just want to ask all my listeners, however many or few there are, to support them. Um, it's Stone's the ninth largest craft brewery in the United States. Sawstone is a little three-barrel brew house in Moorhead, Kentucky. Um, so they are taking a financial hit, not only from their attorney fees, but having to close during a global pandemic. Um, so like I said, go donate to the GoFundMe. Buy merch. If you live in Kentucky and can make a drive out there, it's worth it. Um, I did that yesterday and it was totally worth it. And, you know, I had the Kentucky Common and I loved it. Um, so that would be my beer recommendation. If you go there, um, follow them on social media, support them and don't buy stone, boycott stone. So thank you for listening to my little rant about everything that's going on. And let's get started with the interview. Enjoy. Everybody, we are joined by the Brewers' daughters, Katie and Kelsey Mattingly. Guys, how are you doing this evening? Great, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're good. No problem. So they are, you guys are my third guest on the podcast, so it's still exciting and new and fun. Um, so we'll just get right started into the questions, but for, I guess before we do that, introduce yourselves, 
um, tell us what you do day job wise, and then we'll kind of get into the beer part of it. Sure. So I'm Katie Mattingly. I'm the oldest of the brewer's three children. I'm almost 30. So RIP my life, I feel like. Um, I am currently getting my PhD in education and I work for the College of Charleston remotely currently, but I will be teaching a few classes at UK in the fall. So come and take my classes if you're in an education business. <laughs> and then my name is Kelsey Mattingly. I'm the middle child, so the youngest of the daughters. Um, I also live in Lexington. I work at WKYT as a morning show producer, so I work third shift. So I very literally just woke up um, from a nap. Katie called and woke me up, and I was like, no, I'm late. So I am heavily chugging espresso, so... Sorry. Well, thank you. Thank you both for joining me and taking um, time out of your lives. Uh, so we, I mentioned that you guys call yourselves the Brewer's Daughters, and that's kind of the um, brand you guys kind of created for yourselves. So tell me about the Brewer's Daughters. Um, well, I'll start it off because, so I started, it's an Instagram account, um, just in case anyone didn't know. Um, <laughs> so I actually started it when I turned 21, so I was going to UK, this was three years ago, um, started the account because <laughs> my mom didn't want me posting beer pictures on my main Instagram account, <laughs> um, just, for, you know, for family purposes. And we are also from a very rural area of Kentucky that just went wet about two years ago. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, out of respect for my mother, I'll make a separate account so I can post, you know, all my craft beer stuff. It was private. It was really just for me. So at the time, it was just called the Brewer's Daughter. So I was like, oh, this has a cute little ring to it. And then it wasn't until recently, I guess. Like, when COVID happened. When COVID happened. <laughs> and I was like, hey, sis, wild idea. Let me just bring you on with me. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I came up with the name because we are the daughters of a brewer, a head brewer. Um, our dad has actually been brewing for more than 20 years, home brewing. And then that kind of transitioned into the business that we have now, Old Little Brewery, and then the barrel room in Shelbyville. So, And so Kelsey kind of thought that I also brought a different kind of spin to types of beer that she was trying. She wasn't trying what I was drinking, and I wasn't trying what she was drinking. And so kind of like bringing this in as a family thing, which brewing has been since we've been growing up, um, making it plural as the brewer's daughters just kind of seemed like the best fit. And one of the questions, you know, this is a, a women in beer podcast, so we're going to talk, you know, what being a woman in beer. Why do you guys think it's important for women to have a voice in craft beer? Because neither of you work in the industry. Are you? I think you guys help out at the at Old Louisville bartending, you know, whenever, but your day jobs aren't in the craft beer industry. Why do you guys think it's important for you two to have that kind of voice that you do have on Instagram? So I feel like a lot of the times with women, it kind of seems stereotypical that they only like lagers or they only like wheats. They only like kind of the lighter types of beer. And while that's completely fine, if that's what you like, our kind of voice that we want to shed in social media is that women can also like other types of beer. And we are not here to sexualize the craft beer industry. We are here to kind of promote it as we are also humans who really enjoy 
trying different types of beer, trying different styles of beer, and just kind of get that voice out and kind of smash the patriarchy, as Kelsey usually yeah. says, which <laughs> comes with the craft beer industry, and to show that we are just like everyone else, and we are up for those stouts and those porters and those 10 to 12% beers that men quote unquote drink and we are there to just kind of demonstrate that we are there for the get down and we are here to stay. Yeah one of my favorite bartenders Caitlin over at West Six she's actually a Cicerone mm -hmm. which I always thought was really cool because I think she's the only one that West Six had she might be the only one in Lexington. Lexington she's definitely one of the only females and I know in the state who is one um, and I always thought that was really interesting just because, you know, the industry is very male dominated and there's not a big voice for women, you know, trying new things and drinking IPAs, like she said, stouts, different things like that, because it's, it's happened to me definitely going up to a brewery and, you know, stepping up and they're like, oh, like, what would you like? And, you know, what do you normally drink? And I'm like, oh, I'll drink like an IPA or something. And then the bartender's like, <gasps> clutches their pearls. Like, what? <laughs> And I'm just like, yeah, you know, we drink all kinds of beer. <laughs> like, it's not a gender thing. And also, you make a good point. Like, while we are, like, main job is not craft beer, we have grown up with dad, like, helping him with the grain, helping him, like, brew beer in the morning. And so we know kind of, like, the ins and outs of what it takes to brew beer. And a lot of people think that women don't know those things. That they're just there to sit pretty and drink beer. And that's luckily not what, not what we were raised with <laughs> and it's funny so you guys are my third uh guest slash interview and each time I've talked to someone they've brought up the point that when women you know when when people think that women just drink fruitier light beer and each time we're all like no we like the IPAs we like the stouts we like the the doppelbox like whatever like don't offer us a lager don't offer us your raspberry beer yes we like those but like because we like everything you know if you have a great i don't know baltic porter on be like hey this one's really good you know so if any men in the industry are listening and our bartenders don't <laughs> suggest the beer just based on our gender because sometimes i don't like those fruity beers because they're too sweet <laughs> mm -hmm. so so that's, that's also grading, something we do not need. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll kind of transition because since you guys have mentioned it, you're, you grew up with a dad who brewed beer. Um, he homebrewed, I believe, before he, you guys opened, the family opened Old Oval Brewery. So what was it like growing up as kids when your dad was homebrewing in the kitchen or the garage or wherever he did it? So he usually did it in the kitchen. He's been home brewing for over 23 years. So I'm about to be 30. And he started home brewing when I was three. And that is kind of both of our childhood smells. You know, like he would always do it on a Saturday. And we're waking up. He starts super early in the morning, just like how he does now. He mm -hmm. drops two and a half hours one way to brew at a local brewery. And so that's kind of like what we know is 7, 8, 9 a.m. in the morning. We're waking up and we're sweating smelling the grain or smell, smelling the hops and the aromas of it all. And it's like, oh, this is just like an everyday thing. So when craft beer um, breweries opened, we were like, oh, this is just normal. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this smells so good. Like, what is that? And we're like, yeah, they just like brewed for the day. And they're like, how do you know that? And it's like, well, 
20 years of living at home when he's been doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was definitely, um, that's something I always tell people is the smell of my childhood is home brewing, is the smell of hops. And that's why I love the smell of hops so much is because I could smell anytime he opened the bag, it was like, oh, mm -hmm. buddy, dad's brewing today. <laughs> So, honestly yeah one of my favorite smells is like spent grain at any brewery I've worked at I've always asked the brewer hey I'll, I'll shovel the spent grain like yeah. I'll do it like they're like you want to do it I was like yes please let me do it and then I <laughs> and then I just like smell like it the rest of the day I'm like if I could just like they had like tools of spent grain yeah. I would pay to sit in one it's, it's like your catnip yeah it <laughs> smells so good like I, people walk in the brewery and be like what's that smell I'm like it's a brew day. It smells amazing. Don't, yes. don't, don't talk bad about it. Shut up. The amount of times we fought over who could be at Liquor Barn grinding the grain um, is countless. Oh, our brother included. He was always uh, really big in on those fights. Cause so we're obviously five years apart. So, you know, once she got older, it was kind of like a, I'm too old for this. I'm too cool for this. And then me and Ethan were like, who gets to hold down the button? like <laughs> it was a big competition and the amount of times we've had a fight over who gets dad a beer you know like what kind of beer can we guess what type of beer style he's in the mood for you know like granted the craft beer industry has changed over the past you know five to ten years but back then it was like oh what can we get dad and see if like he likes it you know like who can get him the best type of beer yeah. so that was did you guys ever help on brew days when you were younger or did he let you no, uh, well, I was not allowed. Um, I mean, you know, I'm a little insane. So of course I was not allowed. Um, but he, it was, you were not allowed in the kitchen. That wow. was cool. Um, because obviously, especially when we were little, once we got older, we knew how to kind of like navigate around things. And what, definitely once we were older, we could kind of like observe and pay attention. But there were definitely not a lot of times in the actual like home brewing process that I know I personally was not allowed to participate because he was just like, I don't want to risk it. Just don't touch anything. Do not mess anything up. When we were really little, if we needed anything, he would just bring it to us, which was like a luxury. I was like, guys, you're making lunch today. <laughs> yes, please. So, I mean, brew days were even better, but. Yeah. I was allowed to like hold the thermometer and pot to be like, oh, is this the right temperature? And I got to do very like minuscule chores such as that. So like anytime a pot needs to be brought over to transfer to cool like down the beer before it gets transferred over, like I would get to do that. But that Somewhere was a transition. I got cut out. Of that <laughs> <laughs> so. Kelsey would just like drop the huge pot and be everywhere. Oh, yes. 100%. It's like, he knew. Stay out. He knew. Please don't. Yes. So <laughs> yes. obviously you didn't start drinking till you're 21. We know that. Uh, yes. Did you guys get into craft beer right away? Or did like, you know, you just, you just thought it was a part of your life, but you never really, you know, experienced it. Or how did you get into craft beer, I guess? Was it because your dad was a home brewer or was it because there was some, another reason? Yeah, I would say that definitely had a lot to do with it. So I'll let you go first because I know personally I dove straight into craft beer when I was 21, but I don't know if it was different for so, you. So I turned 21 in 2012 and the craft beer industry, especially in Lexington because I went to UK, was just starting out. So West Six just turned eight this year, so they had just opened whenever I turned 21. And while I had had some of dad's beers before like for me as a 21 year old you're like yes I want that cranberry vodka I want like that liquor kind of vibe going on so the craft beer world <laughs> for 
for me was very, very new. So honestly, I did not get involved with craft beer until a year later in 2013, going in 2014, when I was in grad school and I went to West Six for the first time. And I definitely knew the styles, but I was very naive in the way that they tasted because there just wasn't a lot to taste. And so probably 2013 is when I ventured out with the wheat and something other than Coors Light, which it's fine, <laughs> drink what you like, but I always hate it, even at the bars at Tin Roof and Tukey's. And so I finally opened up to craft beer 2013, but really truly opened up to the varieties and different styles was probably 2015 when blondes started becoming well known in different places. Um, sours, while they're just now hitting kind of like their peak of everybody recognizing them, I kind of tried a couple um, from a variety of places. And so still today, I'm still kind of trying to navigate what types I like. I'm just now getting into New England and hate the IPAs. So me getting into the craft beer industry has personally been honestly the past like four years since we opened up old, old Louisville and I've got to kind of try and taste test different types of beer that I enjoy. Yeah. So, I mean, I just went straight for it. Costco no. <laughs> collected $200 um, <laughs> on my 21st birthday. So I was actually really sick the entire week leading up to my 21st birthday. Didn't even get to have fun like the actual night. So the day I turned 21, I was like, I don't care if I'm throwing up all day, like I'm going to Country Boy because I had heard good things about the shotgun wedding. And so I was like, all right, I'm going. And what year was so, this? Can you remember? Uh, I would say 2017. 2017. Sure. Ish around that time. Um, and so I went, you know, went to Country Boy, sat down, had a shotgun wedding. I was so happy because at the time I can't drink it now it's too sweet for me now because it's a mm. uh, vanilla brown the vanilla but the vanilla gets me now but at the time I was like wow this is such a nice treat right. I want to drink this all the time so then that's what I would start I would just start bringing my own like beer whenever I would go to these like little hangouts <laughs> um, <laughs> college, hangouts. college hangouts and I would take my own beer and then guys would just be like what is that or they would offer me a natty and I was like no 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 sir would you say you're being a beer snob at that point? I was being a beer snob for sure. Especially if you're bringing it to your own college party. <laughs> Absolutely. I was the worst. And I like quickly learned. I was like, girl, you have got to like not do that. You got chill. I mean, no wonder guys hated me because I was really uh, emasculating them. <laughs> one I'm, I mean, I do that now. I go to family parties or friends parties. And I'm like, I know they're not going to have any beer. Like I show up with a six pack and I'm like, I'm. I I don't care at this point because it's the option will either be like Miller Lite or not drink. And I'm like, I'm not going to drink. So then I'm like, you just bring your own. But <laughs> to do that in college, that is a, that's bold. new. Yeah, very bold. bold. It was a bold move. Um, and then I actually, as soon as we started talking about this, I was like, I know one of my first pictures I posted on this account was when I drank my first full pint of an IPA because I was like so proud of myself because of course, when I started out, I was like, oh, the bitterness, I right. can't. And now it's like, oh, I drink. So April 4th, 2017 wow. was my first IPA. And it was also a country boy because that's like, that was my spot. 
I would say for a good like two years like that yeah. was the main place I and for people don't know country boys Lexington tap room is pretty close to campus even closer than West Six so um that would be a reason that a lot of us UK students would go there um, yeah. You guys talked about, you mentioned, and I wanted to give you guys the uh, ability to talk about it. Uh, Old Louisville Brewing Brewery is celebrating four years this weekend, right? Yes. I just want to tell them what kind of celebration they're having, um, just to give them a little plug for this weekend. Yeah, definitely. So actually, um, Old Louisville Brewery's anniversary was yesterday, the 22nd. Um, and usually we celebrate all week long, but because of COVID, it's kind of... Um, shrunken <laughs> unfortunately but we were doing um vip pints you can still go in and get growlers howlers to go you can even get pints to go if you feel so inclined we have um new tables for our patio space feel free to bring your dog i know on august 1st we are doing a dog fundraiser where there's going to be a lot of mini pools out because the weather it's been so hot so bring your dog it's a fundraiser um you can get specialty pot prices, you can donate, there's going to be different dog treats that you can go with. So that's kind of while it's a couple weeks away. Um, also celebrating a local brewery's um, fourth anniversary as well. And has it been uh, interesting four years? Yeah. But it's been a great four years. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's definitely, um, I remember whenever we first realized that we were opening up a brewery, I mean, whew, super pumped. Because we were like, yes, finally. Like, free yes. beer. Yeah, yeah. free beer. <laughs> like, we got connections. This is great. And then you like get into it and you realize like, okay, this is like a lot of work. So yeah. much work goes into it. And so we definitely, we started out bartending there just like to help out. And then, because, you know, we live in Lexington. So that's an, like an hour and a half drive. Mm -hmm. So me as a college student, I was going up on Fridays and Saturdays to, you know, help bartend giving up some of my party time which at the time I was like oh, gosh I'm making such a serious sacrifice right now <laughs> now I'm just like you are insane but um it's just it's a very family oriented business so like that's at each location that's kind of how we start when we open is you know it's us <laughs> manning <Yes>. the bar <laughs> and then why don't you talk about the uh, second location yeah, so we just opened up um, Shelbyville, the barrel room, in February of 2019. In uh, February, early March 2019. And that's our second location. So to put it in perspective, OLB holds 49 people. Shelbyville holds 200 people. <laughs> and so Shelbyville has 20 craft beer um, taps on. We also have liquor and alcohol. We do mixed drinks as well, or OLB just has only the beer that we make. And so kind of making that transition from OLB to the barrel room in Shelbyville was huge. And so I started out um, as a tap room manager. I was hiring, I was ordering beer, I was getting the supplies, I was training people. Kelsey and I were working every Thursday through Saturday for three months before we had anybody. Um, we didn't even have an ice machine, but you know what? We made it work. And so, um, that area was kind of a different clientele where they asked us if we had Bud Light or if we had Coors. And so we always made sure that we had a beer on tap that people would enjoy that kind of partaked in those types of styles. So like the Hellas or a lager, something very light, easy drinking, smooth, that was 
5% or lower so people mm -hmm. can enjoy it without getting, you know, too crazy because in Shelby County, there are no Ubers around. So <laughs> that was a fun uh, transition to learn for sure because <laughs> it was like, I think one of the first weekends I worked there, I mean, you really do just get, you understand the different vibe of the entire space. So like a city vibe compared to more like rural. rural and like, you, you know that most of the people coming in there because they didn't really have a bar either because any business that was coming in you know they weren't lasting very long and so we were just like all right we're gonna come help you guys out here's some really good beer and then they're coming and asking for a bud light and i'm like no or a frozen glass oh, oh a frozen glass it, it's just like and so on one hand you're like <sighs> roll my eyes but then on another hand it's a really good opportunity to educate people mm -hmm. on exactly you know, craft beer in different styles and you know I've even seen growth within customers from the time we opened you know going a few months that their palate even expanded just in the few months that um I bartended there um and it was a good opportunity for like Old Louisville Brewery to demonstrate that we are just not beer snobs we are also available for everyone whether you drink beer or whether you drink bourbon or vodka or gin like we have something for everyone and we are here to educate and kind of like lead you into different avenues that you would never jump into just by walking in a liquor store and we did get a lot of uh suggestions <laughs> early on from customers they're like you know you guys would do a lot better if you guys would just like have some bud lights in the back and i was like where are you, you know where do you think i'm pulling that out no <laughs> sir and then they slowly yeah. would catch on so it's definitely a slow process but we, we brought them around and kind of going off of you know the old louisville and you know you guys why did you guys not continue like why did you not get into the family business I guess you would call it I mean you're a producer you're a professor uh, what what led you to those paths and not following hey to be another brewer or to run the the you said you managed a little bit um, why didn't you guys get into that so currently since we're such like a small operation honestly money is where it's at <laughs> so like our dad which is the head brewer of both Old Louisville Brewery and the Barrel Room at Shelbyville, he is still a teacher. And so he teaches seventh grade science. And so he will drive up during the school year on his weekends for six, seven hours, eight hours and brew. Um, our uncle works with real estate and he flips houses. And so while this is a family passion of ours, we still need health insurance and we still need, you know, to make money. So we are all open to try new beers and help as much as we can, whether that's bartending or managing or working festivals or promoting it. Right now, it is not something sustainable that like all of us can do. And not that we don't enjoy it because this is our passion. Like craft beer is something like if we could snap our fingers and be like, yes, we'll work here every day, we can. But because we're such a small operation, we only produce five barrels at a time it's definitely like not sustainable. And we are grateful for all the support that we've had in the neighborhoods and surrounding areas, but we have to have other jobs as well. <laughs> and I will say, I, I, if you want to work there every day, that's fine. I, <laughs> there's a reason I work behind the camera. Uh, my uh, in-person interactions aren't always the best. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could do that every day. 
um, I do love my current job and I, that's kind of how me and can be know each other is through KSR. And so, you know, I've always, and we're I, both, well, don't yeah. forget to plug journalism. So the journalism school, uh, we uh, were yes. journalism, uh, students at UK. So that's also, yes, done that. So I've kind of known that was going to be my path. And then this has just been a fun, you know, thing to explore on the side. So I just didn't want everyone out here thinking like, oh yeah, she wants to like bartend and she hates her life. No, I, I like my job. I don't think I could do that every single day. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of, you know, I wanted to have you on because, you know, pe people don't realize that a lot of people who work at these small breweries also have full-time jobs, but they also find a way to make sure that their passion for craft beer, they live it out in some way. And I think that's what you guys are doing with your Instagram page and, you know, I think you have a lot of potential to grow upon it with creating a brand, you know, stickers, a podcast, you know, everyone has a podcast, right? So, so that's why I like, uh, I wanted to have you on because obviously you don't, you got, neither of you work in the industry, but you know, you grew up around it. You guys drink it every day. Um, so kind of transitioning back to the Brewer's Daughters and the Instagram page, what kind of content are you guys putting on there? If if someone who's never looked at it, if they would go on there right now, what would they see? So one of the big things we've started doing is called One Sip Review. Real quick, there is a actual Instagram account called One Sip Review Lex or something that we did not know existed oh. before we started doing this. Yeah. And we were just, we're just doing it like on our stories as a little highlight. So mm -hmm. we, we've talked, we're good friends now. Uh, <laughs> so I don't want them to think I'm stealing their thunder, but... So what we do, um, you know, if we get a new beer, obviously you get the idea, you take a sip, you review it. Um, so we do a lot of things like that. She, Katie actually does something called New Find Friday, if you want to talk about that. Yes, which is kind of like a play off the one sip review. So normally with one sip reviews, we try new beer, but it's usually in the styles that we enjoy. And so I'm trying to do something where I really like the Belgians, the blondes, the sours, the saisons, farmhouses, and I will do like a couple New Englands if the IBU is under 60. And so I'm trying to do a new fun Friday where I venture out of my normal zone and highlight beers that I normally would not have. Um, and so I kind of do the description of what it tastes like to me and people can kind of comment on what their own personal opinions are and just kind of highlight the positiveness of trying new things. Don't be stuck in a rut of what you would always try. And so that's kind of like the direction for me that I'm going to start going like on Fridays. But we do a lot of like local things. Yeah, um, we go. Um, so we'll usually try to post anytime we go around to any breweries and obviously right now it's centered a lot in Lexington just because <laughs> COVID, COVID and we live here <laughs> um so it's kind of centered around that um but I think one big thing we also try to do and okay this is not obviously intentional but I was talking to my dad about this the other day the way I describe beer sometimes is definitely not in the most like scientific terms and so I think some people would be like what is she talking about? But I also think that can help people who aren't really into craft beer yet, or they're just kind of getting started. The way I might describe something, I'm like, oh, you know, this is very, uh, it has the base of a Goza, and it's a, just 
pretty enough. And I say it's like very basic terms Mm -hmm. and it makes sense to me because I write for TV. So that's all what I have to do every day. You have to dumb it down. And so that sounds bad, but you know, (laughs) Um, and so I think that actually can help people who aren't familiar with craft beer terms. You know, it's like, Ooh, what does multi mean or hoppy? if you can describe it in a different way that they can understand, then maybe they're going to be more inclined to try that um, in the future. And that's something I do on accident, but I think it actually um, can help people um, want to try new things and then get involved in craft beer. So I have that same problem when I do my beers with Bernhard reviews or I'm just talking about something. I feel like I'm repeating it. Like if I drink a Pilsner, I'm like, it's light, it's refreshing, it's crispy. And I'm like, that's not teaching anybody anything new. Like, which makes this one different? So I try to look to see if it's like a Czech or German or an American. And then I try to explain why it's, obviously it's the hops or, you know, if the IBUs are different, be like, it's a little bit of more a hoppier, your American style is going to be, you're more multi, you're just more of your cleaner Pilsner. So I totally get where you're coming from. And it's, you want to make it so people understand, but you also want to educate people at the same time. So you got to find that nice, like middle ground. Yeah. And that's why I think it's good too, that, I, at least I try to, um, continue to educate myself mm-hmm. whenever I do have questions. If I'm like, why do I think that this tastes like this? I'll like text mm-hmm. my dad or I'll Google it. You have the so greatest resource. Right? <laughs> you have yeah. a brewer in your pocket. <laughs> a science teacher and a brewer. Like, uh, yeah, what you, want? you can't go wrong. <laughs> so kind of my final, like last, like beer question, um, how can people follow you tell them you know plug your social media channels your personal ones your the brewer's daughters yeah Yeah. so instagram is at the brewer's daughters plural plural um that's so that's pretty much the only place you will find that content yeah both of us on that account because obviously for family reasons we have not put it on facebook yes Um, (laughs) gotta keep it away from anna Um, and then we don't we each have our own individual, you know, like Twitter accounts. Um, so if you're cool, then we'll follow you. But, you know. Oh, my it. God. Just the loudest thunder just went off. And I didn't. Oh, my I God. I thought there was like a snake in your attic. And I was like, what is happening? No. All of a sudden, you just heard this huge rumbling. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's uh, that's thunder. That scared me. <laughs> I thought like something crazy was about to happen like in a jungle. Well, I think I mentioned on the first podcast that I they do these interviews from my closet or my parents' closet, and I am b- below like the attic, and so like I have no, I haven't been out, looked out the window in about forty five minutes, and so I did not know that storm was coming. So sorry. <laughs> no surprise. <You're> fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, but continue. Yeah, so, no, you're good. Um, so normally like we said, all of our content goes on the Brewer's Daughter's Instagram. And then we usually don't tag our personal accounts in that just because we try to, I'm not trying to like plug me taking selfies in a flower dress. Like no one cares. Uh, <laughs> she likes to wear all black clothing. Yes. Yeah, so, so if you see her in a flower dress on the Brewer's Daughter's, enjoy it. Savor it. And help. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, and then Twitter, we, we do retweet a lot of beer resources on Twitter and any kind of, you know, advertising, especially for our um, family breweries. So Mm -hmm. mine is at it's ITS KMAT, K-M-A-T-T. That's my Twitter. And mine's at at real catmat56 because my Twitter got hacked and I had to do another one. So (laughs) 
so. at real cat Matt 56 so if you want to see some hot takes and uh severe content <laughs> trust me there's been a lot of hot takes on my uh twitter with everything that's happened with stone so <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> um so one of the questions i ask uh my interviewees is if you could drop everything right now and take a beer vacation where would it be and why uh, i would go to i would go to portland oregon because i mean minus everything that's happening there right now um because my dad goes there often for work um and so he always has good things to say he's actually made friends with several of the bartenders at those breweries even though he only goes maybe once a year um the fact that they remember him every time he goes back a guy from the opposite side of the country and they're so nice to him they're so accommodating um i think that's really important in a brewery i also know they have they're in the top like three for most breweries like mm -hmm. per square mile it's like you can go down any corner and there's a brewery so i think i could cover all my bases if i hit that up so i think well i would go there just like hitch along for the family ride <laughs> um but the first time we went to Asheville, and that i've ever been to Asheville was this past winter for a family vacation and I would definitely go back there in a heartbeat. We tried tons of great, great breweries. Um, I'm also a cider lover. So there were a couple cider places there that I really enjoyed. While I've been there before, I would definitely go back again because there's a lot of places we haven't tried. And while Asheville is very popular for craft beer, I think the bartenders and brewers that work there are very personable. And so you can kind of connect with somebody and you don't feel like, they're just shoving you off to make a buck. And so I would definitely go back to Asheville, Portland. Um, I'm gonna do a quick plug for Charleston, South Carolina. Don't go there right now because of COVID, but they have a ton of craft breweries. My favorite would be um, Revelry Brewing. They have a great blonde. So if you're in the blonde mood, hit them up. Yeah, uh, yeah I was actually just in Charleston about end of May, um, mm -hmm. kind of before. Mm -hmm when when cases went down before they went up so okay. i got to hit up a few so i can attest to her recommendation of charleston yeah so definitely. i also do a rapid fire part of the interview um are you guys oh you look very oh excited. we're excited i'm so excited for this okay so we'll go katie then kelsey so okay all right ready six pack of 12 ounce cans or four pack of 16. six ounce of 12. four of 16. glass bottle or a can can. Can. A crowler or a growler? Crowler. Growler for sure. Crowler. Sit at the table or sit at the bar? Bar. bar? bar. A New England IPA or a West Coast IPA? New England. West Coast for sure. Ooh. Seltzer <laughs> or cider? Cider. Uh, seltzer. <laughs> I, can't, I can't drink ciders. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite side or seltzer? I mean, I drink like crap like truly you know like, <laughs> okay. i did a fake one sip review of it on our account and katie was like no. i was like get that off <laughs> this is a crap beer blog all right last one <laughs> last one peanut butter or coffee in your beer peanut butter coffee Ooh, i like it different answers <laughs> and well, i think that's why we work well together because yeah. we have like different things so different you know different palettes it would be kind of boring if you guys just both drank the same thing so yeah, that would suck. Don't follow us if we did that, but follow us because we don't. <laughs> yes. 
Well, ladies, thank you very much for taking the time out of your evening and Kelsey for waking up for me. Um, I really I appreciate you. it. Um, <laughs> if you guys are in the Louisville area or can make it out, go out to Old Louisville this weekend um, and celebrate their four-year anniversary, especially if you can, just get a beer to go if you're not comfortable staying. Anything helps all these small breweries right now um, getting through a global pandemic. So thank you again. Have a Thanks great night. Follow you. them on Instagram, everybody. Yeah. Yes, thank you.